there is nothing that is further from the truth. We have so much value to give and we have so much to say. It might be different than what we would have done when we were 19 or 20. You know, we're, I'm, you know I'm not going to be singing in stadiums. I get that. But I still have a path that I'm supposed to be on. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Bree Noble, and I want to welcome you to the Female Entrepreneur Musician, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. I've got to say, I am so excited for this episode. The artist that I'm talking to today has really inspired me over the last several years. I've watched her, I've played her music, I've seen how giving she is within our female indie musician community group. And I got us, and she's in in my academy. So I, I know her as much as you can know somebody who comes on calls and asks questions and, and talks about you know specific things about their career. But wow, I learned so much about her in today's interview, and she was so open and vulnerable that I know you guys are gonna really appreciate what she shares. And it is going to speak to a few of you very personally, I, I think, because maybe some of you are in the position where she was that she talks about here where, you know, the years that she gave up her music career and, and put it on hold for different reasons. And she did finally say, hell with it. Like, I don't care if I'm in my 50s. I'm going to pursue my music career again. And she has done some amazing things. And I know that she's really going to inspire you. I also wanted to mention that she is a multi-passionate musician, and maybe many of you can really identify with that, wanting to do a lot of different things, not just to sing and perform and write her own songs, but she wants to be a speaker. She wants to be a writer. She wants to create courses to help other people. And so we talk a lot about that too. So if you are a multi-passionate musician and you felt like maybe your music career is putting you in a box, you'll see how Kayla has woven this into what she does as a musician and is able to reach out to people in many different ways and have it kind of all revolve around her music. And before we get into the interview, I want to highlight a few things that we talked about in the interview and make sure that you know where to find these. So Kayla is one of our community managers for the female indie musician community, which is our large free group on Facebook. And we talk a bit about what that group means, why she joined as an artist, and what she thinks it really offers to female indie musicians in particular. And so if you're interested in checking that out, you can find it at WOScommunity.com. It was originally set up as the Women of Substance Community, and then I changed the name to be Female Indie Musician Community because that really resonated more with the people that were joining. Uh, I really recommend you go and check that out if you're not already a member. And then we also talk about the Academy and how that's different from the free group and what we do in the Academy that is next level and why Kayla joined the Academy. So if you're interested in finding out more about the Academy, you can go join my free class to learn about my five stages of music career growth and we also talk about what the Academy benefits are. That is at musiciansprofitpath.com. All right, so let's jump into my interview with Kayla Brook. I am thrilled to be talking with Kayla Brook today. Um, Kayla, I believe I first got to know her by her submitting music to Women of Substance, and I have absolutely loved playing her music over the years. And then she became involved in our free group, the Female Indie Musician Community. And she was always just so helpful with everyone. And so I got to know her more. And then we've kind of brought her on as 
one of the community managers in that group and helping out all the people in that group in the role that she was kind of already doing for, for, um, you know, just because she's nice. So um, I am so excited to let all of you guys and my audience know about her and her career, because I think that you will really identify a lot with some of the experiences that she's had and also just the idea of pivoting and trying to really explore her multi-passions, um, you know, as, rela as related to music and just also really being able to ha help and empower other women. So let's start out with, I would love to hear Kayla, like just a little background of how you got into music, you know, what you were doing in the early years and maybe a few highlights. Well, first off, let me say I'm so grateful to be here and excited to be on your podcast. And, uh, and it's just been, it's just a pleasure. I can't uh, wait to get started. So um, about me, I, I wanted to sing, knew that I wanted to sing since I was three years old. I have a specific story about that. That's, that's kind of funny. But I basically told my mother that uh, I was going to be a singer. And that was all there was to it, because she had told me that I couldn't hold it what is it? I couldn't hold a tune in a, in a hand basket or something like that. And so at three years old, it was just I think my it's dream. couldn't carry a tune in a couldn't bucket. Carry could, that's what it was. Couldn't yes. carry a tune in a bucket. And, um, and it, it made my little three-year-old soul very unhappy. <laughs> and so I was determined that I was going to become a singer. And at 14, I started singing professionally. And by the time I was 19, I had performed for prime ministers and presidents and on several continents and toured. And I even uh, sang in uh, Lincoln Center in New York. And so it felt like it all came very easy. And Wait then a minute. Hold on. How did you get... How did you get all those amazing gigs at well, such a young age? At such a young age, um, they just fell on my lap. I was brought up in the church and in the Christian community, and uh, it just happened. I was just touring. I, I did a, a – how did it all start? I did a, a contest, and I won. It was the very first time I had ever sung. I had rewritten a song uh, that was by Nat King Cole, got up there and did my Elvis impersonation and put Christian lyrics to it, and uh, sang, won the contest, and, uh, you know, for my church that had over a thousand people in it. So that was my first performance was for a thousand people. Oh my God. And uh, I was terrified, just terrified. I can remember what I was wearing and everything and my leg shaking and it was amazing. Uh, so I, I did that. And from there, I joined the group that was in the church that was very hip. And that's when we started touring. And uh, I was just able to sing in Israel and ended up, you know, singing on kibbutzes and all sorts of things and just touring through the United States with this band and ended Ended up being able to sing for dignitaries and stuff in, in Lincoln Center, and it was just the way that it went. Uh, it was wow. just wow. What was so that group? Easy. Is it one that I would have heard of? No, I no. don't think so. But because uh, it was through the church community, and it's a very wow. long time ago. Sounds like <laughs> so. the Canadian Continentals or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Liberty something or other. It was, oh, okay. It was it was fun though. I mean, it was a, it was a really good time, and so I did that, and I and I was mentored through that time of learning with some great singers. I was surrounded by incredible musicians as a, as a young person. And uh, that was a really good training ground for me. And I think also singing gospel music, the way that we did being influenced by the Imperials and Andre Crouch and um, just all the different styles that um, were in Christian music at the time really led me to be able to sing a bunch of different styles uh, because Christian music wasn't necessarily one type. It wasn't just Southern gospel. It was a lot of different things. And so that's where a lot of my influences came from as well as through my mom with big band and everything, you know, that had to do with that and, um, and theater and that kind of stuff, the big sounds, which was a huge influence in my life. And then of course my dad was country. So I had that as well. So I was a real mixing pot when it came to music. So that's where I started. And then uh, life kind of, well, life has, has always had its issues. And, and, uh, and I'm learning now as an, as an adult that's in my 50s, understanding that um, I really am the one that chose not to sing and to stop pursuing what it was that my, my dream 
um, you know, I realized that now that it was my choice, life hit me, but I chose to let life hit me. Do you know what I mean? Um, I chose to let things stop me. And so I stopped and wasn't really pursuing. I would do enough to what I call feed the beast because it is a beast that's inside you when you're Mm -hmm. um, a person that's called to do something. So I did that. And then in my 50s, I had a conversation with my daughter. I'll really briefly tell you the story. She said to me, mom, how come you're not singing and acting anymore? And I said to her, because I'm old. Uh, uh, You know, nobody wants to hear me now. And she said to me, "Um, but mom, that's been your dream since you were three years old. And I said, I know, but you know, my visions of grandeur are gone. And and, um, I'm I'm fine with that. It, It is the way that it is. I can't believe I said all this stuff. And she said to me, but mom, would you want me to give up on my dreams? Mm. And I looked at her and who was going to be that mom, right? And I said, no, of course not. And then she said, then why are you giving up on yours? And so that was the impetus for me to take the step forward to start pursuing it. And what I did was I joined a gospel choir because that was my roots and it was an amateur gospel choir, but to get my voice back. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And then it's, it's gone from there. Oh so. my gosh. Wow. I love that story with your daughter. Cause I can imagine that happening to me. Um, you know, because sometimes your kids, they ask you the questions that really bring that clarity. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't tell you to do that. Would I? So why am I doing that? Yeah. Um, but let me ask, like, I'm curious what, what actually stopped you because you said, you know, you had the awareness of like, I still could have chosen to do it. And yeah, there's always like these life roadblocks, you know, we have to go and make money. We have to, you know, maybe have a corporate career or we have kids or whatever it is. But like, what do you think, how did you go from like touring all over the world to then all of a sudden, like just basically feeding the beast just to say that you've sung a little bit? Uh, For me, mostly it was trauma. You know, Um, uh, I dealt with a lot of trauma in my life. I came from, even though I was brought up in a Christian household, uh, there was a lot of abuse that was in my family. Mm. And so I come from severe abuse. And then I went from that into a controlling marriage. And, um, And from there, when I came out with my abuse in my marriage, um, I lost my entire family in (sighs) one moment. As soon as I came out with it, I lost them all. So I lost all my paternal family, my brothers, my sisters, everybody, they were gone. As, 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 long as, I, as, as long as I continued saying what I was saying, I wasn't allowed in the family. And so unfortunately, at that time, I never saw my parents again after that point of saying, uh, you know, of, of talking about the abuse that I had gone through in my childhood. But I thought that my marriage would be able to handle it. Um, and I had my children and I had my friends and I had his family. So I thought that that would make me, you know, get through all of this. And then uh, my marriage didn't last, but I thought, well, I still have his family and my church friends and my children, everything will be fine. I'll get through it. And his family left. And uh, then because I was getting a divorce, I lost a lot of my church friends and they left me. They ran for me like the, the plague. And so then I thought, well, I still have my children. And then my ex-husband took my children. And that is what did me in. And I went into a 10-year depression um, and really just lost my spark and my smile and everything. And so well, and let's be honest, who can blame you? I mean, thank you for sharing that because I know someone out there is in that right now or has been through that and needs to hear that they can come back because I have known you now for several years and I would never have known that because you are the most like positive, upbeat and your singing is just so amazing and empowering. And I mean, you must have had to do a lot of work to get to where you are now. I have, but you know, I, I have to say that that uh, God or the universe has kicked me in the butt a number of times. It it has not been just because of me. I know that it takes a certain amount of chutzpah to pull yourself out, but at the same time, um, you know, I have been kicked in the butt and being told like, "What are you doing?" The conversation with my daughter was one of them. I think that the the impetus that the thing that started me though was with my oldest sister 
sister, Joyce, we had, I had finally gotten back together with my two sisters. They were older than me, 16 and 15 years older than me. So I didn't really know them when I was mm-hmm. growing up. And uh, we finally got back together and I felt I was terrified because I family was just a bad word for me. It had never worked out. And so I was really scared of family. And when I got back to, with, together with my two sisters, uh, all of a sudden I had it and it was beautiful. And, and I felt a little bit of happiness for the first time and hope that, you know, and love and, and those things that I had not experienced. And four years after getting together with my sister, my two sisters, my oldest sister, Joyce, was diagnosed uh, with uh, stage four ovarian cancer. And I felt robbed. I really did. I felt like, you know, why was this happening? I finally had family and it was being taken away from me. But it was at my sister's funeral that really changed everything for me. And it was my, where I say that I saw my light and I have written songs about this, this whole uh, process. And it was at my sister's funeral. I, I went back. So you understand that it was the first time I was seeing my abusers. It was the first time I was going to see my family. And I became a six-year-old child again. Mm-hmm. And I was nothing more than a puddle on the floor. I mean, I was just as small inverting into myself as like a Russian doll, you know, where I just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And I felt so unwelcome and so unloved and, uh, just so unworthy that I did not even go to the reception to my sister's funeral. I stood outside in the rain in Seattle, looking on the outside, looking in. And I realized that I, my whole life had been on the outside looking in. And I was watching through the window and I saw one of my abusers come in and he patted my uncle on the shoulder and let out a guffaw just full teeth, crest smile, head tilted back, laugh. And I, something inside of me snapped. And I believe it's that three-year-old little girl mm-hmm. that was inside of me that wanted to sing so badly. And this, the little stubborn one that said to my mom, just you wait, I'm going to be a singer. She started jumping up and down inside of me. And I could barely hear her, but she was screaming. And she finally got through to me to say, what the hell? Like, you didn't do anything wrong. They did. Why are you outside here in the rain? And they're all walking in there smiling like they own the joint. And I realized at that moment that by not living my life the way I was born to live it and not doing what I was born to do, that I had allowed everyone to hurt that had hurt me and that had abused me and that had betrayed me and all of those different things and abandoned me that I had let them win. Mm. And that was my eye opening moment. And I made that decision then not knowing how I was going to do it, not knowing what I was going to do, but I was bound and determined that I was going to live my life and I was going to become the person I was born to be. So that was, that was the, the real stepping stone for me going. And then different things happened to me along the way. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, that moved me forward so that I started singing and I started doing uh, different things. And now I have moved on. And I'm, I'm firmly on my path. I still don't know where my path is going to lead, but I'm on my path now with a, with a real desire to help other women who have been in the, in the situation that I am, was in and who have been in the dark places. I understand it. And I know that, that what that is like, but I also know that you can move yourself beyond that. And you can pull yourself out with the help of uh, everything that we have that's available to us and that you can become the person that you were born to be, no matter what age that you are. I started in my 50s, you know, and it's a, it's a tough day when you look at it and say you've wasted a lot of your life. That's a tough day. But you can sit there and say, so do I want to turn 60 and still think that I've wasted everything? And you go, no. So then you start the work. And it's really as simple as that. Such a message that I know so many people listening to this podcast need to hear. I know that, you know, in the academy, we have so many people that started in their fifties and I love seeing that. I love that those are the people that come into my world 
because I mean, I thought I was late when I didn't really start my career in, you know, like in earnest as a solo artist until I was like 33. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'm already a has-been and I've had many people come to me and they say someone in the industry told them after they were 27, they were a has-been, you know, it just makes me crazy. Um, and so I love that, you know, here you are, like, it doesn't matter what stopped you. You're still, still doing it at, at 50 and you are, I mean, I, I've got to ask you like singing wise, cause I've heard you sing several times. I've played your songs and I'm always in awe of your voice. And if you didn't sing that much for all those years, how did you, did, did you take lessons? How did you really get that in the kind of shape that it's in now? Well, <clears throat> as I, as I have a frog in my throat, <laughs> uh, I, I, I did sing. I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I was uh, off a turnip truck because uh, you know, I fell off I, in my fifties. That's not the, the, the case. I'm really uh, a newbie with 40 years of experience. I did sing through that entire time. I led a choir for 15 years, mm. um, you know, directed a choir. I uh, started, I would have these moments, which I call my, my plush red chair. It's like moments when my character would come out and I would start doing plays and different things like that. And my, my, um, my career path would start to go up uh, right away because I had talent. And so my talent would always find me out and I would always start doing it um, and things would start to grow, but then life would hit me again and I would start mm -hmm. to fall back down. And then I would start to pick myself up again and go. And again, I would have that flourish of activity and my career would start to take off and I would be singing and acting and doing all the things that I love and then something else in life would hit me again. And uh, it wasn't until I lost my kids. My kids was really when I did the, what I call my, my decade of the dark ages. Um, that is really when the music stopped for me. I did do a couple of things, but for the most part, uh, I just lost, I lost who I was. And, um, and that was really hard. So for me, what I did then is I said, I, I joined a choir and that was for me to get my voice back. But soon, uh, it didn't take me very long. Uh, I was, I was doing solos for the choir in the very first concert. They had me doing solos and pretty soon I was their lead soloist. And then very soon, uh, you know, I started doing shows for other people that would come and see it. And I got to know these great musicians and uh, things started taking off. And then my mojo came back and, mm. you know, my stage presence started to come back. And all of those things that um, this, this uh, choir really was the, the basis for me to, to learn all of that stuff back, you know, and to get my confidence back and to understand that I could do this. And then I would take steps along the way. I, I think that it's most important for us as um, women to understand that uh, first we have to go through the process. We start where we are um, and then to not become complacent, but to continue growing and to continue learning and to continue um, putting herself forward, no matter what our age is. Because the thing is, what I think about the whole age issue is that who made up these rules? Mm -hmm. Like who made them up and why do we listen to it? Where does some guy in a suit somewhere say, sorry, you don't have value anymore? Like where- Pretty where much some marketing, from? you know, some marketing executive made them up, I'm convinced because yeah, they think it's all about the way people look. That's what's going to make us want to listen to music. No. And, and see, and there couldn't be anything further from the truth. I, I look at it and I look at my audience and I say, my audience, you know, like Taylor Swift has her audience and she has who she's going to speak to, but I have who I'm going to speak to with the women and the men who have lived their life or younger women who are wanting to be inspired to continue to their, on their path, no matter what happens or whatever. There's a, there's a voice. I have a voice of something that it is that I have to say and something that really dawned on me, you know, when I go back to that, um, you know, quaint little story about my daughter, I had something happen to me when I was in New York very briefly. Um, uh, I, I was at a retreat and we were told to go out and, uh, interview people asking them what music meant to them or art meant to them. It's a very benign subject. I mean, it shouldn't be any problem. But I talked to two people and the first was a, was a couple, it was a young couple. They were in their like 
late teens, early 20s, asked them what, what art meant to them. And the young man said, well, I, I don't really know, uh, but I guess I could say something. Told them that it was going to be on camera, but we weren't going to show it to anybody. It was just proof that we had done it. But the w- young woman, she literally crawled off into a dark corner and said, no, 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 no. And, and, you know, inverted into herself, similar to what I did at my sister's funeral. And I watched that, thought, wow, she's really shy. And then I went to this other guy who had this really loud jacket on. I knew that he was going to speak because anybody wearing a jacket as loud as this person was (laughs) going to talk. And uh, he had this beautiful woman beside him. And then I went up to him and, and asked the question and said that we were going to be on film. You know, we were going to record it. And as soon as I said that, he put on a pair of sunglasses and said, yes, okay. So I knew I had him pegged right. He started to say his little thing. And he was just as bizarre as all get out uh, about art and had was very opinionated and um, actually a bit of an a-hole. But he, you know, we gave him his two or three minutes and because he just went off on a tangent. And then the woman started to speak up and she said what her thoughts were. And, and they were completely opposite from him, a little woo-woo and a little out there, but no different than him, just on opposite sides of the spectrum. And he told her, well, that's just stupid. Nobody wants to listen to that. What, what, are we, what are you saying? And he just shot her down. And I saw this woman fold up like a bank vault. She just boom, boom, mm. boom, 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 locked down. So in me, I went, I pondered this for months when I came home because it really, really bothered me. And I thought, why is this happening? Why? And I wanted to blame the guy in the suit, the media guy, going back to what we were talking about. I wanted to blame him and say, this is the reason why women stop talking, right? This Mm -hmm. is the women, this is the reason, like, why is this still happening? Because this is yours and my generation, Brie, that we were brought up to be like that. Our Our mothers were brought up to be like that. And our grandparents were brought up to be like that. Why are the, why is this still happening to women now? right? Of 19 and in their 30s. Why is this happening? And then it dawned on me, my conversation with my daughter. And I said to my daughter, no one wants to hear me. I said to my daughter, I'm old. I said to my daughter uh, that my visions of grandeur were over. And it is what it is. And I realized that when we as women stop pursuing our dreams and stop living our life the way that we are born to live it because we reach a certain age that we are actually telling our children and younger women that that's going to happen to you too. That you have no scare the heck out of them. (laughs) Yeah. You that you have no value that you have nothing to say. Well, there is, there is nothing that is further from the truth. We have so much value to give and we have so much to say. It might be different than what we would have done when we were 19 or 20. You know, we're, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be singing in stadiums. I get that, but I still have a path that I'm supposed to be on. And we need to understand that as women. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm so thrilled to work with you and to see what you're doing and how that you're encouraging women to use their voice and to continue with their careers, no matter what age is, because it's so important that we as women don't give that up. Uh, Because even as mothers, I, you know, I can see that, that we as mothers, we will give and give and give and give and give to our children. And we will give and give and give and give and give to our families until we have nothing left. We all know women that are like that. I was like that and am like that can be because it's in our nature. But understand that when we do that, our daughters learn that that's what you do. See, we're doing it to give our daughters and our sons a better life. But then our daughter turns around and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives so that their daughter will have a better life, only to have their daughter grow up and give and give and give and give. And we perpetuate this thing. Or they decide, I don't want to be a mother because that looks too hard and I have to give up everything. Yeah. That's right. And, and, the, and it, that's not, it's not the way that it is. The best gift that I ever gave my children was walking into a studio at the age of 55 and doing a debut album. Mm. That was the greatest gift I ever gave my kids. Because they looked at that and said, wow, mom, you did it. And I said, yeah, I did. And now it's gotten to a point where if I say, because now I'm writing a book and I say I'm writing a book and they go, go for it, mom. Yes. You know, because they've seen me make these changes and move forward and follow my passions. And so then in doing that, I've watched my two children blossom. 
because they're now following paths and trying new things. And if they fail, it's not epic. They pick themselves up and they keep going. It's the greatest gift that we can give our children and women, uh, younger women looking up to us and watching us. That is so cool. I love that. And, you know, it reminds me of when I recorded my debut album at 33, at least like my first album in a studio because I was recording stuff from home. And my producer said to me, you know, I'm like, why do you think I need to do this? Is it really worth it? You know, couldn't I just use my home recordings? And he's like, no, it's about your legacy. You need to do this for your children. And I'm not sure that that, like he meant what you said when he said it. For him, I think it was just more of like, to prove that you could do it. not. But I now understand what, what that means is like, I really pursued my passion. I did it to the best quality that I could and that I wasn't hiding, you know? And so I'm, I am really glad that I did that. And also what you said about, you know, kind of having a different idea of being an artist when you're in your twenties versus now. And I, I think that like the best, shift that ever happened to like it really needs to be a shift right we don't give up on being an artist but we do need to go through a shift because i know that in my 20s i had a totally different idea of what having a career and being an artist was going to be and it was more around around fame and and people you know looking up to you and you know i just had all these ideas of looking at other artists that what i was going to want to do and once i abandoned not abandoned that but like shifted into the, you know, I just want to use my gifts to move people and get paid for it. You know, that was, that was what I wanted. And once I was okay with that, and I wasn't all about, you know, the fame and the comparing myself to other people and everything, that's when things shifted. So it's really, you know, your mindset is so important in whether you're going to be successful or not, because if you're looking for something that probably can't happen for you. I mean, you, there can be like, occasionally there's a 40 something year old or 50 something year old that, you know, suddenly comes to fame or whatever, but that's probably not going to happen. And you need to be happy with that. And like, actually now I look at it and I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have that. That sounds exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want to be able to do what I want when I want. And you give up a lot of your life if that is the kind of career that you have. I think that when we get older, we, um, you know, I, I don't think that we should put limits on ourselves. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that we should open that up to whatever is going to happen. Um, but I think for me, it's more of the end game of what is it that we really want. And you touched on that by saying, I, I, I don't want to work that hard. I want to have my freedom. I want to have these different, you know, these different aspects of my life, because when we get older, you know, it's just not working 12, 15 hours a day is just not really, you know, where we want to be all the time, we want to be able to enjoy this beautiful life that we have too. And so uh, there's, there's that aspect of it. So you want to look at your end game and say, okay, what is it that I need to become to be able to, to make that happen? So it's where, wherever your end game is. And then also, I believe that it's about following your gut and your instincts. And because um, if I had listened to my instinct and my gut, uh, you know, from the very beginning of time when I was, you know, first starting out, I would be in a completely different place than I am now. But it took me a very long time to understand that my intuition and my gut is really the place that's going to lead me. So when it comes to my path and being a multi-passionate and multi-talented, you know, there's lots of things that I love to do. I can look at things now and I can say, where is my path going to go? And know that for me as a musician, just to, to show that how I'm, I'm a little different is that I can sing covers for people and I can, you know, I can sing cover tunes and have fun with them and everything. But when I do it, it's not me. And I know that it's not to my authentic self. And it's not that I'm so super deep or anything like that, because a lot of my songs are fun. They're not, you know, it's not all about being abused and all that kind of stuff. There's, I've only got really one song that's about that. Um, it's, it's about, uh, but it's about um, empowering people and moving people forward. And it's very important that for me to sing my own music and not necessarily sing cover tunes. So that pulls me out of a lot of areas that makes things very clear 
all of a sudden when I'm doing that. And for me, it's very important that I get to tell my story. So that takes me out of a lot of places too. Like being background is just not what's going to be in place for me right now. And so um, if you listen to your intuition and you listen to where it is that your um, what is speaking to you and what it is that you're supposed to do, uh, you know, for me knowing now that it's time for me to write and to tell my story and, and um, different things like that, that um, is when you start to follow your particular path, which is going to be different than someone else's. And who knows where that's going to lead you, but you're following what your heart is telling you to do. Um, and, and there's a big difference between fear and your gut. So when that thing that comes up that makes you feel excited and then you go, oh, but I'm too old. Well, then you know that's fear, mm-hmm. right? And, but when something comes up, like for instance, you know, people are saying to do custom songs, right? And custom songs is great. I'm a songwriter. And custom songs for people, you know, that's a, another stream of income and that would be fabulous. But I look at it and as soon as I go it, my first instinct is, oh, that's just a lot of work for singing, for writing songs for people that I don't really know and it's not really in line with what it is that I want to do. So it's got nothing to do with fear. It's got me doing, I don't know if that's where I want to put my focus, even though it's another um, uh, line of income that could be coming in. But I look at it saying, write your book. And then I go, oh, okay, but I, uh, you know, I've never written a book before. So there's the fear. But there's this piece of me goes, no, you need to write your story. You need to write this. And so then I know that that's part of my path. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I mean, that basically your why overcomes the fear. Like we're, we're, whenever we try something new, we're going to have fear. We're going to have discomfort around it. And, you know, you have to be okay with moving through that. But the only way you can get through that is that your why is stronger than the fear. And yeah. I know that's like one of those little pithy sayings that people put on Instagram, but it is really true. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that your, your instinct and your gut is going to tell you what's right for you. And you can, you can do things, uh, you know, like I, I, when I first came out with my album, I started, uh, I was singing it and I was telling my stories behind the music when I first was, you know, the album first came out and people were crying and they were saying, oh my God, this was like going to a motivational speaker and this is fantastic and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, okay. So then because I had toured with Eva or the Eva Cassidy show that I had written and toured and, and, you know, did for about four years and that was awesome. I decided to write a musical behind my songs. And I did that and uh, we put it together and we actually performed it, got a standing ovation. People were very happy and, you know, all of these different things. But inside me, I knew it was the wrong choice. Mm. Like, I just was like, this isn't right. I even got bookings for a tour and I turned them down because I was like, no, this is not, this is me just doing what I thought I was supposed to do because I had a theater background. It's not right. Then I went out and I started doing just straight speaking and talking to people like a keynote and doing all of that. And it was like, and I threw a little bit of music in there, but it wasn't the same as what I do when I do my concerts. And I came away from that and people were touched. My email list grew, all of these different things. But it's still, it was like, no, you know, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Rachel Hollis. I'm not Marie Forleo. I'm me. Who am I? What is it that I do? And I had to pull back and say, no, you know, and I heard about keynote concerts and things like that. And I went there. This is more along the realms of what it is, because when I go in and I do a concert and people are listening and I'm able to tell my stories and sing the songs that go with it and take people, use my theater background to take, oops, to take people on a journey and do all of that. That's where I'm at home. That's me. And so finding who, who you are as a person and as a performer, and then doing that, no matter if it fits into what people say or not, it doesn't matter because those rules, they're just, you know, some guy in a mustache in a suit saying this is the way that it's supposed to be. You got to do you, you know, you got to. I love the way you described that though. I mean, you just basically took them through 
how do you figure out how to pivot? So you kind of went a little bit off this direction and you're like, this is kind of it, but not quite right. Let me go off this direction. Oh, that's kind of it, you know, and you figured out, you know, what's the combination of these things that really make, are totally aligned with me and are going to get across, you know, my message and make me feel like I'm really making an impact. And it was just so smart how you went about it. And yeah, sometimes it does take a few years and testing things. And I mean, I've definitely been through that. You know, I've, I've done courses and I'm like, yeah, like I was excited about that, but it just didn't quite turn out the way I wanted. And we try this thing, you know, and then you land upon the thing that is like, oh my gosh, I could do this all day, every day, you know? And so sometimes it takes, takes a little bit of testing. So I really appreciate you going through kind of your process about, how you got to the keynote concerts and, you know, with whenever, you know, whatever you guys are, are wanting to do that's beyond your music, maybe you're wanting to start a podcast or maybe, you know, you're wanting to do custom songs or any of these other streams of income that you've learned about through me and my, you know, free guide or on my, my summits or anything like they're not all for everyone. And I, I always struggle with trying to explain to people, like, I'm exposing you to all these different things. You're not supposed to do all of them. You know, you need to kind of test and see which one is right for you. And I love how you took them through how you came to what you're doing now. Yeah. And I, I love your, the, the whole thing that you do in the academy about the brain dump and, and, and dumping all of your ideas uh, onto paper so that you can take them and then focus on a couple of things for 30 days, 90 days. And then that gives you a good amount of time to see, yeah, that works for me or it doesn't work for me. And, and, you know, like I said, when you're following your intuition and things like that, the things that I did, they were successful. It's not that they weren't successful. I, you know, I had standing ovations and different things like that. They were, they, they were very successful, but inside me, I knew that, no, you know what? It's not the right, it's not quite there yet. I'll figure it out. It's not quite there yet. And then you, you just continue moving, moving forward. So I love um, how, like I said, the, the, the brain dump thing that you do and your profit path and everything, but by looking at all of that, you can, you can just slowly inch your way forward and know where you are at this moment. And so there's such great tools to, to help and they've helped me in um, moving my career forward. So that's awesome. And I, I love hearing that because that is the purpose. I mean, for me, you know, I do, and, and all of us creatives, I call you guys scattered creatives and myself because <laughs> And it's not like a shameful thing. Like we do tend to get a little scattered because we have so many ideas and so many things we want to do. And, you know, I, I never understand, like during this quarantine period, people are saying like, I'm bored. I've done 50 puzzles. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I still never have enough hours in the day to do all the things that I want to do. And so doing this brain dump is really helpful because at least I would always try to keep it all in my head. And as I get older, that gets harder, I will admit, um, <laughs> to keep everything in my head. So putting it all down on paper and like, okay, now I don't have to think about these things and remember that I want to do them. I can just say, oh, maybe I'll be doing those in 90 days. Let's see how this first 90 days goes with these five things I'm choosing. So that's kind of how I came up with that. I'm glad that you find it useful. I do. And, and something that I've added to it a little bit too, if I may, is just that I've been writing down, what is it that I want to experience in my life, right? Like what, what, what is it that I, I really want? You know, I want time with my family and my, my children and my grandchildren. And I want, you know, time to for for love and laughter and i want to be able to be free to to go different places and to travel whenever we're allowed to travel and the different things that i want well then if you look at that and you say okay what does that mean to you when it comes to your career um, or even I, or for instance, one of my goals is i want to um, be able to do a an electric guitar solo for my 60th birthday oh my gosh that's my goal, right? So there's different things like that. So you write those down. These are experiences that I want to, to have. So then if I look at that, I say, well, then it's important for me to get a residual income happening if I want to have more freedom, right? It's important for me to then start, you know, picking up my guitar and, you know, putting some actual effort into it if I want to be able to do some kind of a guitar solo at 60. Uh, I'm able to look at these experiences of what it is that I want to have. So that's part of my brain dump too, is to sit there and say, now, who do I need to become to do those things? And then I take that and say, okay, what am I going to focus on for the next 
90 days to see what works and what doesn't. And then if I say, oh God, I really hate the guitar, then maybe the electric guitar thing will be off my table. I don't think mm. so though. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. I think that that's still going <laughs> to, and I probably could be cramming when I'm 59. But anyways, um, that's, you know, that's how I look at things too, is just adding where it is that I want to be in my life. Because sometimes we sit there and we look at the way to get to a place and we don't often think about what is it that we actually really want at the end of it all. You know, um, you know, if I really want to have a prolific speaking career, do I want to be that busy? It's like, well, you know, yes and no. I really want to be able to choose those things. So then it still comes down to having a residual income. So that's where I start to say, okay, what is it that I need to do to start working at that so that I get the experiences that I want to have so that I can pick and choose what it is that I want to do and, you know, go from there. So yeah, that's absolutely. And I know that you recently did a, a workshop. Is that kind of part of your residual income plan? Was that on your 90 day yeah. goals? Yeah. Well, I was part of a, a summit and uh, they asked for my freemium and I went, Oh, I have a free song. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed to put something together very quickly. Uh, and so I, I put together a workshop and that was my, uh, that was my first step into getting into that world. It's, it's a, it's free and it's, uh, it's actually a wonderful workshop. It's, it's can be quite life-changing. It's, it was the basis of, uh, my song plush red chair, which was the title of my album. And it's really a way for finding a fun way for you to uh, discover your authenticity of what makes you, you, you know, that's where I discovered my sound realizing that I was a little bit of jazz or I was a lot of jazz and rock and roll. And so uh, in discovering my chair, my plush red chair, as I do in air quotes that you can't see, um, I realized that I could scat while I was singing a rock tune and I could do those different things. And I actually found my signature sound, but then it also affected the way that I dressed. It affects the way that I do my, my, uh, decorate my house. It affects my hobbies and the different things that I do because I understood that I had this sort of chicness about me, but at the same time I was very grounded and I had this real, uh, countryside to me too. And so I try to feed all of that. And then that becomes, I become, my my goals and and the things that I want to do are around who I am as a person, and it's actually the people that have gone through it. It's been very eye opening for them to be able to discover uh, things that are working in their lives and and things that that need to change, all by discovering what kind of a chair you are. So I put together this workshop, and um, and it's free uh, for people to go through. It takes about an afternoon and it's a lot of fun. And, and at least you're going to have a good time and, and have just, you know, think of yourself as a chair, which is fun. Um, and at most it could actually be quite life-changing because it has changed mine and it's taken, it's been a process of a few years, but it has uh, changed my life. And so it's, uh, it's quite the thing. So that's my first step. And then I'm working on courses and different things like that. Mm, so I will that's really cool. And by the way, I mean, a free class is a great lead magnet. I have a couple different ones. Um, and you know, it's like, it gives people an idea of what you teach and how you teach and all that stuff, a little sample, just like when you're walking through Costco and you take a little sample and decide whether you want to go buy the full thing. Um, so yeah, why don't you let them know? I know you have a bit.ly link for that. I do. Um, and oh, that would be a good, that would have been a good thing for me to know. It's, uh, my website is at calebrook.com and, uh, it's, uh, the chair workshop. I, you know what? The link will be below. <laughs> yes. We'll put it in the show notes. I, yes. know you, I know you sent it to me. So I did send it to you. I, I, I'm wondering whether I've got, cause it is really new. I'm wondering whether I've got an actual page, uh, separated to it. Um, I think that I do on my web. You know what? I will, there will be a page you on my have website one. Yes. that will say chair workshop and then you can go there. Um, and awesome. that will be fine. So just go to calebrook.com and I will take care of that. Awesome. And I know several of our Academy members have been through it and they really liked it. So I recommend all of you guys um, go check that out. Um, I wanted to, since you're here and mm -hmm. I know like we've been had this been such a great conversation. I did want to talk a little bit about your experience working with the female indie musician community. You've been the, the community manager there for almost a year now and you came in as a member 
and you were just like really active and really helpful. And then, you know, Beth was a community manager. She asked you if you would help while she was on vacation. And then, you know, once we decided to kind of pivot her role into being more um, working with my women of substance podcast and all that. And she was just so busy with the community. I was like, how about we just find someone else to handle that community? And she's like, oh my gosh, out of all the people that helped on when I was on vacation, Kayla did such a good job. I really would like to ask her. So um, I would love to know from you, like, you know, why did you join the group? What did you think of it, you know, as you were a member and what do you find as the community manager, you know, people are really getting out of that group since it, it is free, but we do try to keep it very, um, very valuable. Like we don't let it become a spam fest. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I, I'm a, I'm a member of a lot of groups, but I get more from, uh, the female uh, indie musician community and the academy than anything else. And it's, it's because it's a, a place where female musicians can go and feel safe first. Uh, secondly, it's not a place for us to sit there and self-promote. Although there are, we can share our YouTube videos and different things that we're doing so we can get encouragement and things like that on specific posts and, and, and things like that. Like that is taken care of and we can put our live streams on there if, if other members want to come and join, which is great too because a lot of members will then come and look at your live streams and things like that and, and it increases that part of it. So that's very cool. But we can go in and we can ask questions. Hey, I'm having a problem with my mic. Uh, I want to buy uh, new equipment. Does anybody have any ideas? Uh, I got an email from a place that says that they want to play my music and I just have to pay them $50. Does this oh, this is my favorite one. I always tell the <laughs> yeah. Academy members, go to the crowd, ask them if they've seen this email. I can almost guarantee that if someone is blanket sending this out, someone in the group has seen it and already knows. Exactly. That exactly. Things like that. You can ask questions. You can celebrate your wins. You can, um, you know, we just as a community, if you're having, if you're having a tough time and, and you're having a tough time with a band, member or anything like that. It's a place where we've, it's, it's, it's so many women with years, decades of experience coming in and giving their thoughts on things. And we work together as a group. And then what ends up happening is you create friendships with these people and it goes from there. You know, there's one member of this group that I ended up becoming friends with just to show you how serendipitous life is. Um, and she lives in DC. We ended up actually visiting each other in DC. I did a show about Eva Cassidy. She's in DC where Eva Cassidy was from. She's actually played with a couple of um, new, the band members of Eva Cassidy. And when I went to DC to visit her, I got to jam with Eva Cassidy's drummer and guitar player. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Like, that is so cool. And she's a member of the female music. See, and there could be like community. so many stories like that that I don't yes. even know because I didn't know about that story. Yeah. Yeah. So things like that happen. And it's just that you get to know people. And, and you know, when they say that you, that you are best, it, you are known by the, the five people that surround, you're surrounded with, mm -hmm. if you don't have great people around you and in your community, find them online. You know, that's why I hooked up with people like you because I wanted that more in my life rather than, you know, some of the people that are here that are all chasing the same dime and it's all very competitive. It's like, I don't want to be in that world. I want to be where in a world where people are, where we're a community and we work together, right? And that's where the Female Musician uh, Academy comes in and the musician community because that's what it's about. It's about women helping women which is more important to me than competitiveness. And so yeah, I totally throw that agree. And, and, you know, for the non-competitiveness and also for those people that don't have like communities that support them that are, you know, like their family members or their friends, they don't get what they're doing. Like, why are you being a musician? Isn't that just That's right? you know, chasing a pipe dream or, you know, like, why don't you do, why don't you go do a real job or all those things that we all hear Right. And so having a community where there are people that are going, no, actually I'm doing this right now and it's successful. And, you know, you have people to look up to that and, and mentors and stuff. So that was one of the main reasons I created it because it was something that I needed when I first started out and I didn't know where to find it. 
Yeah, and you can find it there. So it's 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 a great thing, and and it, and I and I'm a firm believer. Like I, I love the internet for that, that we can not use it just for um, tools and resources to learn things, but also to now I have friends that are all around the world of people that I want to have in my life. You know, people that are encouraging and are going for their goals and are not just dreamers but doers. You know, and you can learn from the some of the best people, you know, you can, you, you can grow um, and do your, your uh, development, growth development um, online through all of these great people and by taking courses and things like that. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful tool that we need to use. And so the community is fantastic. Thank you for that. And, and so we have like almost 4,000 people in that community. It's free, obviously. Um, But then we've got our academy, which is about 170 members, of which you're a member. So I just love to hear after being a member of the free group for a couple of years and then joining the academy in 2019, like what do you find is the real difference that you're getting from the academy and not from the free group? Well, the, the free group is like uh, being in a big church. Mm. And then the academy is like your girls. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. You know? well, and because we get to see each other in person on Zoom, like exactly. everyone want, you know. You, you really get to know people. You get to know, um, you know, you, we, have, we have the, uh, the weekly Zoom meetings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we have the weekly Zoom meetings. And, and so you get to see people's faces. You get to know them as human beings. They're not just a post. And, uh, and then we get into it's even where, where the big church is safe. This is really safe. And we're able to learn from each other as well as learn from, you know, the leaders and uh, the different things that like we're always on top of what the new things that are happening in the world and the new courses that are coming through and the new the things that we can avail ourselves of. Right. All um, the technology, right? When, all when, the technology. The live stream, like, you know, what's the best thing to use and how do yeah. you set up your lighting and all those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, and we all learn it as we go and, and it's, it's, it's wonderful that way. And then it's just that the community is even, is, is even stronger. So uh, yeah, I like it. I liken it to, you know, they're your girls. They're, they're the ones that are your, your, your key ones that you go to and talk to. And there's, it's just a real safe and uh, community that you can, if you're having a bad day, you know, or you're having a tough time, you can go in there and, uh, you know, you can get the encouragement that you need and uh, that sort of thing and the camaraderie that you need and the friendship. And it's, yeah, it's really good as well as the value that you get from just the, the learning aspect of it about booking and, you know, your, the, where you are on your path and your emails and all of the different things. It's, it's all good. Yeah. And I think too, you know, as you illustrated with the, um, you know, that you're doing the keynote concerts, like we try to bring in experts and expose people to different things. And I know like I did a workshop with Tiamo Divitore, which I know you work with on keynote concerts, like a couple years ago, yeah. that's been inside of the Academy. And so many people have been inspired by that to go out and pursue that stream of income, or they've watched, you know, the one with, um, you know, Cheryl, and they're, they're really excited to set up all their email sequences or whatever it is, you know, I try to, to expose people to all the things that they need to use in their career or that they could use in their career if it fits them. And then they can, you know, dive deeper if they want to. Yeah, no, the uh, Cheryl's fantastic. Uh, and and uh, her email her email course is great. And Tiamo has such um, great information. And yeah, that, that's the thing is, is bringing in these people. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's just so much information and you can get on information overload. So it's really nice. And you can be a course junkie. I, I have mm-hmm. done that. And, and so it's really nice having one place that gives it to you in little pieces that you can go in and just focus and all of the aspects will be taken care of. Does that, you know, does that make sense? You know, instead of going out and trying to find everything you're on, you're like a one-stop supermarket, you know, that you <laughs> you're like Costco and you can just sit in there and, and, you know, nibble and take and see what fits and then go through the process and go through the course as well as create community and 
friends and all of those things. It's just, it's all really, really good. The membership is great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, man, we've talked about so much today and I've loved hearing so many things about you that I didn't know. So I appreciate you being super vulnerable and sharing all of that. Uh, and I know you said your website is kaylabrook.com. Uh, that's Brook with an E, by the way. Um, and Kayla with a C. So C-A-Y-L-A-B-R-O-O-K-E. Coolest spelling ever. Um, um, and what, how can they find you on social media? Is it all Kayla Brooke as well? Uh, on Instagram, it's official Kayla Brooke. Okay. And on Facebook, I'm Kayla Brooke. So that's, uh, those are the two places to find me. And if you would like to check out my music, you can check it out on Spotify and there too as Kayla Brooke. And that would be great. Of course. And if you want to hang out with her, come join the female indie musician community on Facebook. You can find that at uh, WOScommunity.com or you can come join us in the Academy. Um, if you know, Kayla was talking about her free workshop. I of course have one as well. It's about how to get your 1000 true fans and you can go check that out at musiciansprofitpath.com. Thanks so much, Kayla. This has been awesome. Thank you, Brie. It's been a real pleasure. I'm glad that I was able to come on with you today. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com and music by Stella Ronson. <laughs>